his mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. What a joy it has been these last few weeks to enter into the mystery of the Word made flesh, of the mystery of love reaching down to us in our great need. Throughout Christmas and Epiphany, we have seen what true and lasting love looks like. We have rejoiced in knowing that our blessed and humble Lord has not abandoned us in our need, but rather he has come so very close to us in the poor manger of Bethlehem and has revealed his abundant life to the Gentile nations as well as he received the costly gifts of the three wise men who had followed the star of promise and who knelt before Jesus in reverence and awe and wonder. Last week, in our Gospel reading, we hear of the Lord Jesus as a young boy in the temple, speaking to the learned doctors of the law. And today, we hear of the presence of the Lord at the wedding feast at Cana of Galilee. In today's Gospel account, we find our blessed Lord and his most pure mother and his disciples in the middle of a very commonplace event, a wedding. We probably all know this story very well, don't we? It's a story that reminds us that in a very powerful way, God does not stand afar off from us, but rather, he is very concerned with the most ordinary and everyday situations of our lives. Jesus, to the amazement of everyone, turns water into wine, saving the day for the wedding guests and the bride and groom, and showing forth his almighty and eternal power as a sign and a witness of his divine origin and mission. This breathtaking miracle must have caused such a stir, and we are told that as a result of this, his disciples believed in him. As we read this account, we are struck by the words of St. Mary to the servants at the feast. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. In other words, we see that obedience was required in order for the miracle to take place. No matter how impossible it seemed to the servants, their job was to act in simple obedience to the words of Christ. They were not to question, not to second guess, not to demand an explanation, but simply to obey. Friends, this virtue of obedience is of first importance to us as Christian believers, isn't it? It is a foundational principle of the spiritual life for each and every one of us that seeks to live by the life-giving power of the Spirit. Without obedience, based on love, 
we find our, our hearts closed to the beauties of the gospel and we will grieve, we will grieve the loving heart of our Father in heaven. But this obedience that we are thinking about today is not an obedience as the world understands it. Rather, it is a blessed attitude of heart and mind that has its origin in the humble self-giving of the Lord Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us that our Lord became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, for us, for you, and for me. If that is true, and it is, then our obedience to God is a loving response to the example of the ever-living one. If we truly wish to live our lives by this blessed path of gospel obedience, then we will find ourselves seeking to put love of Christ, love of Christ, as the governing principle of all that we say and do. We will find it our greatest joy to draw close to his heart of love and make him our first love. When we do this, then every part of our lives becomes an opportunity, an opportunity to let go of the love of self and the world and to lovingly embrace the path of humbleness and simplicity in our relationship with our Lord and our relationships with each other. Obedience to Christ, a desire for his will alone to be done in our lives, will be our joy, and it will open for us the fountain of grace and mercy that flows with such abundance from the sacred heart Jesus. But holy obedience, gospel obedience, loving obedience does not come naturally to any of us, does it? Rather, it is a gift. It is a gift given to those who have decided to follow the Lord Jesus wherever he may lead them. It is a way that finds itself at odds with the fleshly mind that we carry within ourselves as well as the world's understanding of what love and obedience and life is all about. But despite these forces that would seek to undermine our Christian walk with Jesus, we are called, aren't we? We are called to this life of radical obedience and love. We need to remember, don't we, moment by moment, hour by hour, that we are called, you and I, to live in a living relationship with him who is the true life, the true life of all. This holy walk needs to be nourished. And it can be nourished as we eagerly seek to use the spiritual tools that the Lord Jesus has given us in his word and in his holy church. It begins as we ask him to cast out of us all that is contrary to his will, as we seek to do all for him, and as we willingly and, and joyfully accept and embrace the way of the Holy Cross.
We need to be disciplined in our life of prayer and see prayer as the very life of the soul, real intentional prayer, prayer that seeks a closer relationship with our blessed Lord. Study of and meditation on the Holy Scriptures opens to our hearts and souls the very mind of God. It is our greatest weapon and defense as we battle against all that is opposed to the will of our beloved Jesus. Then, in order to find ourselves refreshed and renewed, we come, don't we, to the sacred altar as we have done here today. We come to the sacred altar where humbly and intimately the great lover of souls waits to fill us with his very body and blood. Friends, there is no end to the blessed and the blessed generosity of our Lord and Savior. His compassion and love for us knows no bounds. As we begin to experience this overwhelming love, we will be moved to repent of those things that we discover in our hearts that are an offense to him. And so each of us needs to daily do the often painful work of repentance. Repentance, confessing our sins, accepting the Lord's forgiveness, and then rising again to new life and new hope. In St. Paul's epistle to the Romans, he sums all of this up in a few words. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. That's really what it's all about, isn't it? To separate ourselves from those things that oppose the will of God and to hold fast by obedience to the life-giving way of truth and blessedness found only in the way of Christ. What a joy it would be to the heart of our Father in heaven as he sees in us, his dear children, hearts and souls seeking him, seeking his will, centered on love for him. Can we imagine a more wonderful life than this? To live in a state of loving obedience to the one who is our Lord, our Redeemer, and our Savior? How thankful each of us should be for the loving patience and mercy of God who calls us today as we are and where we are to him in love and pity, to love him, to love the things of God, to walk in holy and life-giving obedience. The holy season of Lent is only a few short weeks away. It will be a time for us to think seriously about our Christian vocation. Let us then remember the value of obedience as we head toward that precious time in the calendar of the church. And may each of us begin today to ask our Lord Jesus to grant us a real desire a real desire to walk with him in, in holy obedience in each and every part of our lives, no matter how big or how small. 
how important or how seemingly insignificant. May we give ourselves today freely and joyfully to him as living sacrifices, longing for his blessed will to be done in us by the gracious influence of the Holy Ghost. May it be so for us today and always. Glory be to God in all things. Amen.